And uh, he was supposed to be here a couple weeks ago. Really, they were supposed to be back in the States a while back. And then uh, right before they left, uh, if you were following their prayer letters and things, uh, his daughter tested positive for COVID in New Zealand. So they, they couldn't leave. And this was like a day or two before they were supposed to leave. So they had to wait there. Uh, and then this the whole hassle of getting back. But they finally made it. And so we're glad they're able to be here uh, this evening. So, Brother Tim, you come right ahead. America. Um, and, um, um, you know, as uh, being one of your missionaries, uh, we were supposed to come. The story, the story goes back even further. We were supposed to come on furlough in 2020. But something happened in 2020, right? Um, but, but thankful that we didn't come. And part of the reason we didn't come is because we had applied for our resident visas because we were in New Zealand on a work visa. And uh, we had applied for a resident visa and uh, that process ended up being two and a half years before we got that settled, but we got it. But in 2020, we did not have it yet, and that was the, the main thing why we didn't come back to the States, because we could have come back, and if we did, our work visa would have run out, and we wouldn't have been able to go back to New Zealand. Uh, so I'm thankful that that resident visa took two and a half years. Um, I'm thankful now that it took two and a half years. Um, um, but uh, God is good. God is good through all, through all that. And uh, thankful for your prayers uh, and through all the struggles trying to get back here. Um, and um, it, it's, uh, this is our first official furlough. And I, I tell you, it was very, it's, it's been very, very difficult to come back to America. We, we love America. We, we, we're from here. Our, you know, our home church is here. Our families are here. We're, we're, we're close to our families but, but our heart is in New Zealand, and uh, it, it was very, very difficult for us to leave. Then my daughter tested positive, and we were quarantined for two weeks, and then we were very, very glad to get back to America. Um, and I think maybe God used that to kind of help us uh, acclimate a little bit better. Then we got to America, uh, and um, in a couple weeks, then we got COVID, and uh, so then we had to uh, quarantine again. But that's Okay. Uh, we're doing better. Uh, I apologize my family's not with me this evening. Uh, our home church is having their vacation Bible school, so my boys are with that. And my wife was going to come, but my daughter last night came down with a little bug, and so, uh, so just pray for them. Uh, she's doing much better today, but just thought it would be safe that them, them not to come. Uh, so I'm thankful for your support. Um, and so at this time, we'll go ahead and show our video, and then we'll go on from there. We are the Gunther family, and we are missionaries faithfully serving in the beautiful country of New Zealand. My name is Tim, and this is my family. My wife, Joy, our sons, Isaac, Ethan, and Landon, and our daughter, Kaylee. Since arriving in 2016, we have been blessed to be able to serve in this beautiful country. New Zealand is located in the Southern Pacific Ocean, 1,000 miles southeast of Australia. A recent census put the New Zealand population at over 5 million people. Wellington is the capital city, and the church we work with is located in the city of Portarua, about a 20-minute drive north. Wellington has been given the infamous honor of being called the atheist capital of the world. A recent study showed that 5 in 10 people in Wellington do not believe in God of any kind. Hear our voices, we hear 
been privileged to come alongside and work with veteran missionaries Dale and Janet Brown who have been in the country for over 25 years. Working with these dear folks has allowed us to seamlessly transition to life in this island nation. that's just a small taste of ministry here in New Zealand and uh, we thank you for your uh, prayer and financial support and uh, we look to great things what God has in store in the future God bless Kiora. book of Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> I want to uh, give a special thanks to this church uh, because we get all your emails uh, and it uh, seems like every couple weeks we get an email from somebody here uh, saying, hey, we're praying for you. And uh, I, I know we don't respond to every single one. We do try to respond to as many as we can. Um, but we read every single one. So if, uh, if you don't hear from us, uh, know that we read it. And we're very, very grateful for, for what you have sent to us. Um, knowing people pray for you, um, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, I know there's a lot of 
politics to the statement of thoughts and prayers, but prayer works. Prayer works. And, uh, and so, so we, we, we have these prayer cards. Man, you take it, let the kids have it. I, I have plenty of them. Uh, you can write on it, draw on it, do whatever you want, but pray for us, right? That's what these are for, and, uh, and I know you know that. So thank you for, for all that you guys do for your missionaries and all the prayers that you do for us uh, specifically. Um, uh, some of the things about uh, New Zealand uh, that we had to get used to um, was, um, it's, it's, number one, it's not America. Shocking, right? <laughs> um, um, and, uh, you know, and so they're, they're just things that are different. Now, I understand uh, New Zealand is not Africa, right? New Zealand is not Uganda, right? We, we, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a modern place. Um, uh, and so there, there are, uh, you know, there are certain struggles that we do not have to face in New Zealand that other missionaries would. I understand that uh, as well. However, culture shock is, is, a, is a thing that happens. And even to us in New Zealand for the first couple of years, you know, getting used to di- different things, uh, had a, a friend of ours describe it as a thousand different cuts, just like lots of little things from driving on the, on the other side of the road, you know, the price of things in the stores, you know, the, the lack of things that you're used to having. Um, and, uh, you know, and sometimes it's crazy little things, you know, like, um, you know, in, in, in America, we, we like to drink our pop. Well, some of us do. Uh, New Zealand, they love their coffee. Um, I'm not old enough to drink coffee yet. Um, <laughs> When I am, I'll let you know. But, but, new, but a lot of our New Zealand friends will, will say that America doesn't know how to do coffee. I, I, I can't compare that to anything because I don't like coffee anywhere. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, we, but, you know, I, I, we, we like to drink pop. I guess that's one of my things I need to work on. But, but like here in America, right, you, you, you drink your pop, and like before you're done, they come and fill that thing up again. Man, and it's like a, this giant cup, and it's like, wow, that's good. Now, in New Zealand, like if you go somewhere, you'll, you'll get a cup about this size, right? Now, you'd think I'd be super spiritual here, but just bear with me, right? So it's just a small, you get a small cup, and they fill it up once, and that's it, right? Uh, let me tell you, that was hard for the first year, right? Like, it's like, listen, it's like, you feel like saying, I'm from America, I need something else, but, you know, it's like, no, I'm trying, trying to acclimate to things. But we get used to that, and so we got used to that, and, uh, and it's actually more healthy anyway. Um, and, uh, and then we came back to America, and we've been in America for about a month, uh, just a little over a month. And uh, man, did you know you can go to a restaurant, and they bring you these giant cups, and before you're done drinking it, and they're filling it up again? Oh boy, it's good stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, just lots of little things, lots of little things like that. Um, um, I, I was kind of concerned coming back here about driving, um, um, but thankfully the, I haven't hit anything yet. So, so pray for us as we're, we drive throughout the, uh, the United States visiting churches. Um, in our area of New Zealand, we, we get lots and lots of earthquakes. Um, uh, in fact, there's, they, they estimate that we get over 1,000 earthquakes every year. Uh, most of them we don't feel. Um, but I remember our very first earthquake that we felt, and it was late at night, like 11, uh, 12 o'clock, 
and, and, and we, were, we, were, we were in bed, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you, you just feel a shaking, you know, like, shake, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you know, just like, like if you're in a, in a bus that, that's getting hit by wind, you know. Um, and, okay, we're, we're, we're just sitting there, we're sitting there, it lasted about 45 seconds, right? And then it stopped, Joy and I looked at each other, we were like, should we get up? <laughs> right? What should we do? And I was like, uh, I'm sure we're fine. It's probably, a, this is normal, right? They're used to it. We just got to get used to it thing, right? And then we, we checked our phones, and like, then all our New Zealand friends were like, did you feel it's like, oh, it's a big earthquake. Uh, and I looked at her, and I said, oh, we should have been concerned about that one. I don't know. <laughs> so it's a learning curve, right? Learning curve to that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and then it gets to the point where we really don't hardly notice it unless it, most of them we feel are just like usually like three or four seconds and it's over, right? It, it can happen. Uh, however, the big earthquakes can occur and they can occur any time. And, and, and there have been some over the past uh, um, 20 years that have been devastating to some areas in New Zealand. Um, so that is, uh, that is always a, a, a factor. That they recommend you have a, a, a quote-unquote quote go back where you have supplies ready to go in case you have to leave. Um, and so, you know, different mindsets about different things. Um, uh, in our area in New Zealand, we get lots of wind, high winds, uh, so especially this time of year. In fact, today, June the 1st, is the first day of winter in New Zealand. Uh, and, and in wintertime, we get more of the, the changing of the weather. And, it was, and it's common to get 50, 60, 70, 100 mile per hour winds, you know, come blowing through. Um, you know, the kind that sounds like freight trains going by your house. And, uh, and that's just kind of a normal thing you get used to. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, topography of New Zealand is, is very, there's, there's it's mountainous just about everywhere you go, right? Now, anywhere you go, you're not far from the coast, so there's lots of beaches, but there's also lot, lots of mountainous things. Now, I grew up in uh, southeastern Michigan, and my wife grew up over in uh, Lancaster, Ohio. Um, so, so she would be a little bit more countrified than I was. Um, I grew up in, in the city, right? And, uh, and I, I did, never knew that sheep could go on mountains. I never knew that. Uh, I know. <laughs> uh, but New Zealand has lots and lots of sheep. It's one of the things they're known for. It's one of their biggest exports. Um, but you see them everywhere in New Zealand. You see them when you, when you, when you, just, when you go outside of the cities and you see them and you look up and there's just sheep everywhere dotted along these mountains, not mountainous places. Um, you know, the, the New Zealand mailboxes. Now, now they have normal mailboxes, you know, that shut and are closed. But there's a lot of mailboxes in New Zealand that are kind of open on the front, you know, with the slots you put in and you put in your mailbox. And on the back, it's just open, right? Um, and so you combine that with the wind that comes through, right? So, right, this is it. So if you're expecting a mail and you haven't seen it in a while, you know to kind of look in your neighbor's yard because maybe the wind kind of blew it away. Um, just lots of little things, uh, you know, like that. Uh, you, you get used to. Um, but, but saying all that, saying all that, um, as, as beautiful as New Zealand is as a country, as, as, um, as good as a place that people portray it out to be, um, God has burdened our heart for the, for the people there. And, and, and there are people that need the Lord. Um, I mentioned in the statistic in our video uh, that 
the, the city of Wellington is voted as the atheist capital of the world. And we see that. We see that. Wellington is, is the seat of parliament there, and in, in, in their major university is, is there in Wellington. And um, that, that modern progressive ideology, that, that anti-God worldview permeates everything. Um, and, and, and so it can, make, it can make ministering somewhat difficult. Um, but there are people that need the Lord. And God has called us there. And, and, uh, and, and, and though we may not be seeing hundreds of people saved, God is moving. God is moving. And so, so pray for us. Uh, take those prayer cards and pray for us because we, we need it. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's re, uh, follow along with me as I read verses 1 through 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. <clears throat> and the Bible says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day, another opportunity we could open up your word. I pray you bless the reading of your word, the leading of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to speak a little bit, with the time remaining, talk to you a little bit about grace. About grace, we, we we have heard it described as being favor or goodwill or kindness, uh, or or we've probably all heard it described this way as unmerited favor. That is uh, that is a favor that is not earned by man, which which means in the context of the scriptures, it is God giving something to man that man does not earn. Grace. Once you notice in these uh, first few verses, number one, we see grace to save us from our past. Grace to save us from our past. Look at verse number four. He says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, you are saved. So we know that Paul is writing to believers. 
He's writing to Christians at Ephesus. And, he is re- and he's re- reminding them of their past. He's reminding them of where they were before they were saved. He goes on to describe them in verse number 1. He says, and, and you hath he quickened. He's talking it's like, like you who are saved. He's like, remember, you were dead in your sins. Uh, in, in those trespasses that you did. In verse number two, he talks about how, how when we were unsaved, we would, we would follow the world's ways. We would allow ourselves to be influenced by Satan. And this Satan continues working now. Look at verse number three. He says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. Right? Paul, Paul's pointing out, right? He's, he said, we were all there. Right? We were all there. In fact, that's a, that's a good thing to remember when we're dealing with people in the world. We were once there. All right? And he describes the way we were. He describes the lust of the flesh, the, the, the fulfilling the desires of the mind. Uh, and, and, and by the way, if we're not careful as Christians, even now, even after we are saved, these things can affect us. Paul would point out our very nature is sinful in Romans 5.12, where he says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. See, there's, there's no way around it. We are sinners. I feel, I, I, I have the, the, the idea that for many Christians... For many of us, that the way we were before we were saved may feel like the way we are. But thank God we now have tools to break away from those chains. You see, God's love and mercy brought grace for us. And it covers all our past Paul describes it in, verse, in the first three verses where we came from, where, where we were. We were dead. All these things, all the things that we were. Look at verse 4. It says, but God. Boy, I love that phrase. But God. That's, that, in fact, that, that's a good Bible study if you want to do it. Look up that phrase. But God, right? But God who is rich in mercy. Thank God he is rich in mercy. This, we, we, we like to think about who's the richest man in the world. <laughs> But God, he's rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins. Get this. Get this. Look at that, look at that phrase. Even when we were dead in sins. Think back to, think back to before you were saved. Think back to, to a time in your life where, where there was, you were controlled by sin. Think back to, to, to the deepest, darkest place that you have ever been in your life. You say, Brother Tim, you don't know what I've done. You said, you don't know what's in my past. You don't know the things that I've contemplated. You don't know the things that have happened to me. Paul says, even when we were dead in sins, even when we were at our worst place, even when, when you were in the most darkest place that you could be, Christ loved us. That has got to be the most 
profound truth in all of Scripture. And there are many of them. That in our deepest, darkest place, this all-knowing, all-loving God looked to us and said, I love him. I love her. I love you. Paul emphasizes what God does here. In verse number five. Says, or in these verses, he says, but God is rich in mercy, right? His great love, even when we were dead in sin, he loved us. See, see, see God provided salvation for us by grace. Even, even in our sinful state, God provides it for us. Despite our past, despite our present, God's grace extends to all. Listen to this. Did you know that your past, are you listening? Your past does not keep you from God. Brother Tim, you don't know what I've done. You're right. I don't. But God does. And He loved you. And He loves you. And he will continue loving you for his great love, even when we were dead in sins. Your past does not keep you from God. No need to change before coming to God. Come, just come. Come to God. His arms are open. Throughout the Old Testament, you see the phrase, and his, his, his arm is outstretched still. He's talking to Israel, just waiting. Come on, it's here, right? Just, just come on. We were, um, years ago, had a, was at a revival meeting in up north Michigan. Um, and um, there was a, uh, <clears throat> the preacher had put us up in, a, in somebody's home. And uh, the, the, man, the man who he had put us up with uh, was a man who was a, um, a un, we'll call an unfaithful member to the church where he would just come every once in a while, but, but he had a heart like he wanted to do right, but he just wasn't faithful to church. And so the pastor thought, well, he would put us in there and maybe it would, it would be, you know, kind of, kind of a spark and, and, and help, help him out a little bit. Um, and, and in conversing with this gentleman, he would, uh, he, he told us, he said, he said he wants to come back to church, but he just doesn't want to give up smoking. Now, I, I got to give him some credit because there is some measure of integrity there where he recognizes that there is something in his life that, that he knows that he should give up, right? Uh, that if he were to sell out for God, that he would have to give up something. But he didn't want to give that up. And so he didn't want to come to church. Right? He was, he was using his past, he was using that sin to, the, to, that, that, that had a hold of him, that, that addiction that, that got a hold of him, he was using it as a barrier to coming to God. Saying that, that, that I can't get it overcome. That, that there's, no, there's, there's no way that I can overcome this, I'm just going to stay over here. But the truth is, God loves him in that state. We don't expect the children in the nursery to change their own diapers. Forgive the analogy. No, we love them. You love your children. We love them. (laughs) 
What about your past? God's grace has got it covered. God's grace has got it covered. Paul talks about God when at the moment we get saved, we become quickened, we became made alive. Where once we were dead in sins, now we are made alive by the power of God. I once was blind, but now I see. Baptism is a picture of that. We are buried with Him by baptism, but raised to walk in newness of life. It's a spiritual awakening that occurs when we get saved. It's a new outlook. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new hope. God's grace covers our past. Number two, grace, God's grace raises, raises us up in the present. Look at verse number six. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, notice the language. This is, this is present, present tense language. He's raising us, he's raised us up together. We, when we got saved, we have been raised up together and that's where we are now. Just as this loving, merciful God provides grace to cover our past, this same grace keeps us in the present. We are now positionally seated with Jesus Christ. Before salvation, we were dead in our sins. Now we are with Christ. We are His body. We are His bride. We are His church. When God looks down at us, He sees us through Christ. The Jews of the Old Testament could only come to approach God following through all the sacrifices. They had to go through all those different filters. And only once a year was, was only one man, the high priest, able to enter into that holy of holy place. And, and there he could approach God and follow all those filters and rules to get to that place. Thank God, thank God, that that way of the law is, has been fulfilled. And we come to God because of grace that we could enter into that. We can come to God even where you sit. Every man, woman, child, you can come to God. God has given you a great pastor here at this church. But you don't have to come to Pastor Stensis to get to God. Amen. You can, you can come, just come, just come to God. That's, amen. That grace that covers our past, same grace helps us in our present state. It allows us, even as Christians, we can ask forgiveness to God for sins that we commit after we are saved. Look at verse number 7. Notice this. Not only do we have grace that covers our past, grace that, that covers us in the present, but there is grace for all eternity future. Verse number 7. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Paul, remember, speaking to believers. He, now, in Paul's perspective, this is 2,000 years ago, and in Paul's mind... He was looking for the imminent return of Christ, and he was right to believe that. And, 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 and by the way, that's what we are looking for. We are looking for the imminent return of Christ. At any moment, he could come. Paul couldn't foresee 2,000 years of church history or world history when, when under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he writes this. In Paul's mind, as he writes this, he says that in the ages to come, 
He's thinking, hey, when Christ, when Jesus comes back, and in the ages that follow after Christ's return. And by the way, we could take that same mindset when we read this verse, right? Uh, and and we, we, we can actually even apply it to the, to the 2,000 years of history that occurred but, uh, when Paul wrote that. We can see God's grace. In fact, if, if, if you've ever studied church history, uh, it's, it's a great study to do, go through. You can see God's grace and, and, and how God preserves his, his people and His Word throughout history. But let me tell you, when Jesus Christ has come, uh, or even if in our lifetime we don't see the return of Christ, we can say that in the ages to come, in the age that we live, we can see God's grace. And when Christ comes back, and we are raptured out, and we, we're living with God in eternity, we will see in the ages to come the exceeding riches of His grace. I wonder if when we are in eternity, we are going to seek to exhaust God's grace, but we're not going to find it. That in the ages to come, He's going to show us the exceeding riches of His grace. Why? Because He loves us. Grace, grace, grace. God's grace. Amen. The result of Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection opened this way for all of us. Then Paul gets to verse 8 and 9. These very famous verses we, we've all heard and you, you've probably used it in, in, in talking with people of how to be saved. Right, Paul. Paul, uh, leading up to this, he, he, he's reminding the believer where they were before they were saved. He's pointing out their present position in Christ, and, and, and he mentions that that it, that in an eternity future we're going to exhaust God. We're going to see God's grace, and then we get to verse eight, and he says, "For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves; it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." We see God's role by grace, this unmerited favor not earned by man, only provided by uh, God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, his propitiation for our sins, that is the payment that only God would accept, and, and he has extended this way of salvation from our own sins, and he extends it to all of mankind, he says, by grace. See, when you get saved, it is because God has provided everything for it and makes the offer to you. That's God's role. The other side of that coin is man's role. Man has the option to accept or to reject God. I'm thankful that God does not force us to believe. He does not drag us to the place and make us make a decision. He has provided everything for us, but it's up to us to decide. You cannot decide for your friends. You can't make this decision for your family. Your parents can't decide for you. Uh, your, uh, you cannot decide for your children. Your spouse can't decide for you. Only you and only you alone can make this decision. And it must be by faith. In the book of Acts, when 
Paul was in jail and the earthquake happened. Well, there's those earthquakes, right? I, I know he felt that one. And the walls fell down. And the jailer came up to him and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, you must give $1,000 to your church. No, he didn't say that, did he? He says, you must attend every service of your church. He didn't say that. He said, you must give to the poor. Didn't say that. By the way, all those things are good things, especially the giving the $1,000 thing. What 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 did he say? Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Paul would say in Romans chapter 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth, in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Man's role to accept it by faith. This offer of salvation provided by grace is not earned by man. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done. No amount of good works is going to get you to God. No amount of money will get you to God. No amount of mission service will get you to God. Following the law will not save you. No longer uh, are we bound to follow the dictates of the Old Testament law to approach God. Thankfully, now we come to God by grace through faith. Over and over again, Paul would stress this. Romans chapter 5, verse 20 says this, For moreover the, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Only by accepting God by faith. God has extended this offer to all of mankind. This, this, this is a universal truth. From, from the, the writings of the Scripture thousands of years ago, to, to June the 1st, 2022. God, this offer has been made. God has it all provided for. He's got it all paid for. Jesus Christ was that payment, right? That's the payment God accepted. That's that propitiation. He was there. He made the payment. God accepted it. He's got, now God has his hands out. Now it's up to you to decide. This is the, this is the message that is preached here at this church. This is the message that we take to, uh, uh, to New Zealand. This is the message that your missionaries take to, to all these countries throughout the world. There is no sin in your life that is a barrier to keep you from God. The only barrier is if you reject Him. In, uh, in New Zealand, um, over the uh, past four or five years, we started a ministry um, around Waitangi Day. Now, Waitangi Day is the celebration of the indigenous Maori uh, peoples and the European settlers when they came together and made their official agreement and, uh, um, to become the modern-day New Zealand. And this is celebrated in uh, February every year 
And this is very similar to uh, 4th of July celebrations here in America. And it's called Waitangi Day. And, uh, and so we, we decided to, to put on our own event at our church the, the weekend after Waitangi Day. And uh, the first year we did it, we had 100 people from our community come out. Uh, and the last year we did it, we weren't able to do it this past year because of COVID, but in the previous year, we had over 300 people come to our church property. And we were, we were so excited about that. That's a huge deal for our, for our church. And, and, and we just have like little, little games and like car rides and bouncy houses and sausage sizzle, all these things. But everybody that comes gets, gets a gospel track, and we train our people to, to have gospel conversations and uh, sharing the gospel with them. So everybody who comes is, is getting presented with the gospel more than once on our, on our property. Uh, through, through that ministry, we've had uh, 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 at least two people join our church. Um, and in fact, in fact, just this past, in the past two weeks since we've been in America, we've received word that we had a lady uh, with some kids uh, starting visiting our church who came to this event uh, two years ago, and that's how she knew of us. So God is continually blessing that. Um, and so we'd hold that after Waitangi Day. Uh, and then, uh, what, but what we did to help promote it is on Waitangi Day itself, which is just prior to, to, to this event, um, there's a huge festival that is put on in our area. And uh, um, the first year that, that we were there, there were around 10,000 people that came to our little town. And so it's just, just people everywhere. And, and it's all kinds of, you know, things you see at a festival or a fair, you know, the, all, the, all the food and the games and the, and the stage and the, you know, and the different groups doing things. Uh, and, and so um, we decided to, we were, the city council allowed us to have our own booth there. And we're so thankful for this because uh, they can be picky about churches doing things. Uh, but so far, uh, they've allowed us, they've given us some free reign. And so, so on, on our booth, and most every booth, it, it, it'll cost some type of money to play the game. But we make ours free, and it's just little little kids' toss game. And everybody that comes gets candy, right? Everybody's a winner, right? Uh, make everybody excited. Um, but, but everybody that comes, like, our, our church people will come, and we're wearing our church shirts with the scriptures on them, and we have our signs, and, 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 and our church people are going out and passing out tracks and flyers to, to our event. And, and, and through this one ministry, we, we, have, we have passed out thousands and thousands of tracts and talked to hundreds and hundreds of people through this. <clears throat> but in, in, in conjunction with this, we would go out, um, we would go out into the neighborhoods and we would pass out, we would pass out flyers in, in, into mailboxes, which, which we're allowed to put those in mailboxes. And so, you know, of course, remember that it's up and down, lots of, you know, it's not straight. It's not like walking down, down and eating where you got all these, you know, these, you know, you can go down the corner, turn right, turn left, right, you're there, you got everything. No, it's up, down, up, down, and you've got these little alleys with little houses tucked in the corner, and then you put them in the mailbox, right? And uh, two years ago, we, we, we went to a, a town called Tawa, which is right near our church, um, and we were putting these flyers and tracks in people's mailboxes, and uh, what you know, that wind came through, that when you turn around and you, all of a sudden you see, we see our tracks of flyers just blowing in the wind. It's like, oh, Lord. It's like all that work, you know. Let, let me tell you something about what God's grace can do. This abounding grace. One, one of those tracks that God took out of somebody's mailbox, blew it in the air, landed at the feet of a lady. She picked it up. She said, hey, I'm going to go visit that church. She came visit our church. 
and uh, she was a Christian lady. She joined our church, and she brought her two young girls to our church. And over the past year, both her girls got saved. The grace of God blew a track in the air. Uh, There's no other way I can describe that. What does God's grace mean to you? What has God's grace done for you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'll turn it over to Pastor at this time.